Hello fam, this is Ro and you're listening to Sick of Being Sick. Please follow, like, subscribe or do whatever it is that your app does to listen to our upcoming episodes. Hello fam, thank you for tuning in to this episode. As you may see from the cover art, I am doing a little uh, Friends series and about a month ago in November for my birthday, around 20 of my friends flew to Madrid from all over the world to celebrate my birthday with me. And that just gave me the idea of sitting down with every one of them and not all 20, but some of them, the closest ones, um, and asking them about their experience on, you know, processing having a close friend going through a diagnosis as such. I know that if one of my friends were to go through something like this, I would probably react really different than what I'm reacting to to myself. So just having those open conversations, um, get ready for some tears, a lot of honesty, and very enlightening conversations. Hi, Shri. Hey. I can't hear you because you're <laughs> muted, but it's okay. <laughs> um how did you first feel when you heard about um, what I was going through? So there was like a, it was like a two-part reaction. And it was like both things happening at the same time. And they're both very weird things to feel at the same time. So my first part of my brain, because I've just grown up around doctors my entire life, was like, I need to research the motherfucking shit out of this. I need to like watch every episode of Grey's that has anything to do with brain surgery. I need to like, I was literally watching like surgeries online and then I was like researching like clinical trials. And then I was like, I had a group chat at one point with three different doctors back in India, including the head of neurosurgery for some like big, big department, one of the biggest like, like uh, hospitals in India, just like asking him questions. And, um, you know, like that was like an interesting process in of itself. We can come back to that. But, you know, when you've been around doctors in your family for a while, like, they're like reactive to kind of everything. Like if I have a cold, everyone's like, we're getting you medication. Like there's a solution to everything. There's like action that can be taken. And what was really freaking me out during this point is there was a lot of like, oh, a lot of like, you know, like a lot of reactions that were like, think hard about this or like, you know, like this is not an easy like diagnosis. Like, I hope you can see your friend soon. And like, that was just like, that led to like one stage that kind of created the other, which was first of all, pure panic because you were so far away. And like, we'd gone from spending an entire summer together where like I lived at your house and we were like sisters and I was sleeping in your bed. And like, we spent all this time together and I was already pissed off. You'd left me. And then I was just like pure, pure like panic and rage that you were so far away. And like, I was looking at the year that I had coming up and then it was like, that led to the other like emotion that I had, which was like instant, just like debilitating regret, like not about our friendship, but just like, I shouldn't have let her go. I should have gone to like, I should have made it to Europe this summer. Like, even if she was like going through her seizures at this time, like I should have been there. Like there were all these like opportunities that we had, like even when we were in Tulum, I wish we'd done this and we'd blah, blah. And it was like, that was what was like cycling through my head because it was like research and then just like constant racing thoughts about like, we should have, we should have, we should have. Why didn't we? Oh God. Like, and then that, that kind of just like led to like three days of panic and then just like, 
silence from me. Like I, I kind of like all I could do was talk about it to Alex, who's my boyfriend for context, um, <laughs> for for days, and then then it, and it would just be weird. I'd like run to him and be like, oh my god, I'm thinking about Roe and like this thing, and and then blah blah blah, and then like I'd go back to the room and I'd be quiet, and then I'd come back to him shortly later and be like, oh my god, I'm this thing, and blah, blah, blah. and it just like. It can kind of went on like that for a while, and those were like the immediate thoughts I had. But I think it was all just wrapped up in this idea that like time was just so present. Like everything I felt had to do with time, and it was my time and your time. And I was about to renew my visa, and we all know that when you renew your visa, you can't go anywhere, and you're kind of just stuck stuck in the United States. And that was like the biggest source of panic. I called my mom up about that. And I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I'm going to be stuck in the United States. I can't see her. I need to see her. Like, when am I going to go? And like, every plan that I had was kind of overshadowed by like, how do I get to row? Like, how do I get to row? And um, those were like the main thoughts I had in my head. And then the, the rest was just like wrapped up in like medical. I You told me not to Google. I Googled everything under the sun. I'm a Googler. Like, I'm just an intense Googler. Those are the right. It's funny. Now you're the third one, and uh, the research hole. Feel, I mean, it's normal. I feel like it, it was normal for me, and I would have done it for another friend. But at the same time, you like when you're doing that research, what are you googling? Like fourth grade glioma, right? Like that's post surgery or not even, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that is the hard thing. It's like what you're seeing on online is a big picture thing and every single individual has their own case going on and even like the firefly video that you said you saw because you saw like the the video of a surgery where they used the liquid that they used on me like I don't know how old your video was but my dad looked it up and he could only find a video that was as old as like six months which means it's new technology that is already being implemented on me so like it's I'm so faithful on like the advancements of research in brain cancer as well. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting to hear you say like how you've processed this. Do you think to a certain extent um, you were, you distanced yourself from me because you were freaked out about what was happening to me? I was not freak. I think I was actually more accepting of the situation than like, there was no stage of denial. I was like, I know exactly what's going on. Like I, I, I get the gravity of the situation. There was like no denial. I think I wasn't freaked out because of what was happening to you. I was freaked out that I would say the wrong things. And like, I love you and I've loved you forever, but you're an intimidating personality. And like, I never want to disappoint you. And like, that was my biggest fear was that like, I would in the time when you need me the most and like when I miss you the most, like I would do something to hurt you or upset you. And like, there's like no, there's no cure for like, fixing how you're feeling you know I can say all the right things I can do whatever I can but like it may not be what you need and I think that was just I had no idea of understanding like what you need in that moment there was no relationship to what I was going through and what you were going through and you were so far far away and I think that I can't get over I can't stress how difficult that part was for me like I couldn't touch you I couldn't look you in the eye I couldn't like like my love language is just like the being there. It's like the the silence that you can have with me and we don't have to say anything to each other and we can just look at each other and start laughing because we're like, wow, this sucks. Like that's what I I know I can provide to a person when I'm with them. I'm so, even right now, like I'm so bad at like articulating 
how I'm feeling. And I feel like the first few conversations that we had was just me like laugh crying on the phone with you and making stupid ass jokes about your scars. And like, like that was the only thing I could, I could kind of like give to you without like give to you of my personality and like what kind of friend I am without physically being there with you. And I didn't realize I was that kind of friend until I went through this. So that was a really interesting moment for me. I didn't realize how important it is for me to be with people. I'm not like a digital friend. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a real person. <laughs> you have to see me to get what I'm, what I'm giving you. That's funny. A virtual friend. I mean, we are all, all virtual friends because we are so far away from each other. Um, but I think I'm, grateful for the podcast I mean you said that the grief episode was really important for you and I did feel like you were quite distant from me during um when I started to decide to do the podcast and I was messaging you and we all know Shreya shouldn't answering back but I couldn't help but think like oh maybe she doesn't want to talk about this or she's like and of course you were super wrapped up in everything that was going on with you you didn't want to share negatives with me yeah. um but I think this is why a, this episode is important so people understand how friends process things differently. And B, um, the ep- grief episode is helpful to see how there's different support systems. And like we have to have these conversations on like you're scared of saying the wrong thing. The thing is that right now you say there's no, there's no wrong saying and I can call you out and we can have a conversation around. Like, for example, Katie, the other day, she said like she was on a call with people I used to work with that she was doing some work with. And... Um, she said, oh, do you remember Ro? Like, she's going through this, this, and this. And the way that she explained it to me, I was like, don't explain it like that. Like, And I gave her the wording to explain how it was happening to me. Um, but I feel like these are, we have to have these conversations. And it's, the most important thing is to be open and to continue to talk about it. And if you're feeling shitty and upset about what's happening to me, it's not selfish to tell me. Because I, I want to know, you know? It's like, I want to know I'm not alone in this. It's good to know, like... You know, when I cry, I want people to cry with me. <laughs> I don't want to be alone in it. And um, yeah. Yeah, I think that grief episode was like particularly helpful for me, not necessarily to know if I fit into a certain category of person, but I think it was in general really helpful to understand how grief works because you have your grief in this situation and I have mine about the situation too. So it was nice to know that like that's like the common, the common ground that we have is like the grief. I think the other part I think that I've really had to grapple grapple with is just like not having really a concept of what you need. And like, it's not, not you, like you can explicitly say what you need, but there's always this chance that like, I can't give you the help that you need. And it's, it's like the selfish desire to be everything for you and also to never say no to you and to like, also like kind of process your own feelings at the same time. And that can be really difficult like you want to be the best friend in the whole world but you know I still have mornings where I can't wake up and I I can't move and I can't think and like if I hear a stupid J Balvin song I start crying because of you and like it's stupid you know it's like stuff like that like where it's like my life has kind of been changed forever and I don't need I don't know if I need you to know that like I don't know if it's fair for me to tell you that sometimes because your life has changed forever and it's (laughs) (laughs) and I'll be okay at the end of this but like and it's not like a survivor's guilt that I'm feeling it's more just like a a selfishness of like why my friend (laughs) and also I know it's happening to you but there's also this like 
why me? Why now? Why this person? Why after we'd gotten so close and we'd like lived this beautiful life together and we'd like reached such a beautiful plateau in our friendship? Like why now? And like, ah, it's just, it's so much of that, that, yeah, it's just a lot of like questions that you end up throwing back to yourself and like, I'm so disgusted by myself in certain moments about how like self-involved I've been about the whole thing. Like I've brought it back. It's, it's been so much of like, why am I fucking friend? Like, <laughs> and that's like a, I'd always like to consider myself somebody that wasn't like that, but I really didn't realize I'd in my head put myself at the center of the narrative in the way that I did. And like at certain stages, you know, I've, we don't have to go into it on your podcast, but it's been like a, a long six months and it was just like everything that was going on with you kind of just felt like another, it was like the start of just like a shit show chaos. And like, and through everything I was going through, it was just this like deep seated, like guilt and like stress and regret about you. And like, I'm actually really grateful for you because you streamlined so much of my like decision-making, like, <laughs> Like, do I go to this wedding in Mexico? No, I go to Spain to go see Roe. Do I stay in Canada? No, I go to London because it's closer to Roe. Like, all of those things that otherwise I feel like I would have had to, to like, question and, like, be crippled by were suddenly very, like, clear in a certain way, too. A lot of what I've heard with what you're saying, um, I've heard with other friends as well. Like, the... I know you say it's not survival skills, but to a certain extent, it kind of is. And the why her or why my friend or, I mean, I have those questions for myself as well. But when you say you don't know if you should come to me with those things, I think, like, please do. Because at least it's communication. I'd rather hear from you the wrong things than not hear from you at all. You know, um, because as James very well said and very eloquently said, when people don't know how to react, they, although it, they're in their own heads, they're just not knowing how to react in the person who's going through this. They just feel distant from that person. So I think moving forward from this podcast, the one thing that we can take away is that if you're feeling a certain way, whether it's a good or bad, like please share it with me. Um, I, w I don't think I will ever think it's selfish because I am very much of the mind that like everybody says, you know, like the sick person is the sick person, but like everybody goes through it really rough as well. You know what I mean? Like I'm still the friend of you and I'm still my mom's daughter and I'm still my sister's sister. So they're, you know, it's still also processing, um, thing for you. So I think that that's what I, I would say as you're saying, you're not a virtual friend. <laughs> and um, most of my friends sadly are virtual because they're all over the world. But I think it's one thing to like FaceTime and see me or like have a call or text message as much as we want. Um, but how did you feel when you, or like, how do you feel now about seeing me in person or how is this experience of being with me in person? Yeah, I feel, I feel, I feel like significantly so much better. I think like you were doing so well. <laughs> Like you're doing so well and you're like a, I don't want to say you're a different person. You're still Roe, but you are so different. Like your, your patience, like your, your resolve, like your, your temperament, like everything is so different about you and you're like handling it so much better. Like I, 
than I could have ever like, you know, imagined in my head. So there's just this like pure relief, like she's okay and we're okay. We're going to be great. And like, you know, like we've talked so much about like, I went through like a huge phase where I was like, she's mad at me. Cause I could feel myself pulling away and I was like, she's pissed off at me and I can feel her like getting like frustrated and I can feel like the tension kicking in and there's no way to like, to resolve those things. But like being there in person, like, like, I just want you to walk away with the feeling to know that like, I would cross the ocean to like, make sure I can be with you. And like, I had like 18 different like little hoops to climb this time, but like my, I was like running to you as fast as I could. And like, to make it here now, like we're only, I'm spending a week with you and it's not enough, but I feel so much better just to like touch you and hold you and like know that the scar is real and like just like tangibly like you know see your story in who you've become now um I think that's been really wonderful and like it's so cool to see you styling and like it's like nice like I'm so happy to see you like so put together and like I just had no idea how you were doing you know what I mean there's so many things that make up a person's personality and like the things that make themselves like you were the most body confident person I knew you always had like epic style and you enjoyed makeup and you enjoyed all these things and I'm just like so happy to see that like all those things that you love like are still there and like it's been like a day and I'm just like she's the same bro like everything about her is the same and she's just like that's like you know like you know when you're going through this there's this like sense of like I'm losing her I'm losing her I'm losing her like the time is of the essence like she's so far away all these things just make you feel so far away from a person. So like the, the ability to just touch you is like, oh wait, it's like really nice. It's like the best feeling I've had in a while. The times, the time is of essence, but at the same time, I feel like the most normal we can make it all the better. I was telling Katie earlier, um, my thinking going through this is very much like, I'm not sick. I don't feel sick. There's people who have cancer and they're in so much pain. I am I'm so lucky they were able to take everything out in the brain. We say 99% because you can't take out more. But like, I I don't feel sick. Of course, I'm I'm sick as the secondary effect of like the fucking hard ass treatment I'm going through. But like, and I must might get tired faster. And like, of course, um, and there's no sense in denial of this. But I feel like I I feel very much myself with an added layer, which is everything that you guys are saying. There is a common thread of this new row, which is interesting. I didn't think of it like that. Um, but because I know that you're like a very creative, get in your head person. I'm so curious to know who were you making up in your head <laughs> that row was being? You know, I just wasn't sure if you were putting up a strong persona because you were genuinely you know you would say a lot of things like I want to be here for you and I know you're going through a lot of stuff and our friend group is going through so many things I hope you guys are taking care of each other I couldn't tell if that was like the real you and like I couldn't reconcile like you know when things are digital you're always like what's the role you're playing versus who you really are and that was really what I was grappling with was like she's saying she's fine I wouldn't be fine if I was her. So like, is she lying? Fuck, why is she lying to me? Why she, why she can't be honest with me? She can't just tell me what's going through her head. This asshole after everything we've been through. Like, it was like really annoying dialogues like that in my head where it was like, it was like a missing piece to the puzzle of like figuring out who you were and like being able to see you in person 
like really helped. And I feel like when, when we did speak, I was really trying, whether this is the right thing or not, frankly, I don't think there's a right way or not. I was, I just didn't want to talk about cancer because you're yeah. talking about cancer all day, all along. I want to talk to you about what outfit you're going to wear to your birthday. I want to talk to you about how we're going to bedazzle your bald head. Like I want to talk to you about that stuff. Cause like, that's where I can contribute. That's where like, I can make you laugh. And like, that's where we can, I can problem solve and like give you something of myself from my creative perspective. And like, I wasn't, I think I was just not sure who to expect. And I just, as you, I kind of just put myself in your shoes and I was like, if I was her, I would just be having nightmares every single day about dying and what death looks like. And I have those nightmares anyway, and they would just be on steroids if I was going through what she's going through. And I think, um, that was just it. I wasn't sure how wrapped up in your head you were. And frankly, like, you know, initially when we started this entire dialogue and information was getting disseminated through our friends, um, there was just a lot of like, take your time to reach out to her. Like, don't reach out to her. Like she, you can't handle a lot of influx of messages right now. And I kind of just like hung on to that, like key messaging. And I was like, okay, so don't bug her too much. Like, which like, I guess also worked, works for me. And I also feel like my relationship with most people isn't like I, a constant texting type of thing. I kind of just like kept the pace that I could manage. And I think those were like the things I thought I could do in the moment and be the right person. I just had no idea who to expect. I think in a lot of ways, like I wasn't sure if you'd be more row than ever, if you'd be angry, if you'd be scared, if you'd be frustrated. Like I, I had no idea of knowing if you had like resolve or acceptance or patience in you, or if it was just like anger or like upset or resentment or, you know, any of those things. And all of those are valid feelings. And like, I would love you no matter what. It's just, you don't know how this changes people. I, it's so funny you say anger because a lot of people bring up the the feeling of anger and I haven't felt angry a single moment through this like last four I don't even know how many months it feels like a year <laughs> but um I've, I haven't felt anger at all in any single moment which I don't know if it's a different it's, it's another phase of, fa- of grieving so it might come at a later phase or if I were to get different news down the line um I feel like I would feel anger but I think because Roe before this diagnosis was anti-vulnerability it's so fair for you to think that you I was putting a a front but I think I have and this podcast has really pushed me to become a lot more vulnerable than I ever thought I could be or speak up about you know how I'm feeling and everything so when I say I want to hear about everybody's problems I'm not it's fucking real (laughs) it's also like if you put yourself in my shoes, it's, I think the hardest thing with friends, it's, um, my life has changed so much. I have so much time, which is the worst thing about this. Luckily soon I'm going to start working, but it's like, it's so hard when like all my friends are working and I have the free day and I just want to FaceTime everybody and everybody's working. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> so yeah. Um, when you have so much time in your hands and you forget that your friends are continuing their own lives and it's hard to find that balance of like, I know my friends want to be there for me, but at the same time they have their own lives. So I want to hear about their lives, um, even if it's negative. So it's, it's a hard thing. I think what's also been interesting is that we have like a very large group of friends and we're all here together right now, but there was like a, initially like a interesting divide between like who got the information first 
you know, like who didn't, like who was there, who wasn't. And it just seemed like the only way to really get the answers or, you know, get on top of the feelings that you were feeling was like for the ones that were there first and like the ones that could see you immediately and like kind of be with their through to be with you through the diagnosis and like all the different stages that you're going up. And like, I'm meeting you now at a point in which, you know, not the hard part is over, but like the chunk of the hard part is over and you're like in a moment of like, of like calm and like, this is really bad. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but like there's almost this like selfish, like, God, I'm going to talk about selfishness a lot, but this like selfish thought of like, well, where do I fit in her hierarchy of like important people? And was I important enough to her? Will she remember me? Like, you know, like where do I sit in all of this? Because like information comes at different points and it's, you have to kind of keep into perspective, like, you're going through your own thing and like you're giving the information to whoever's like the closest to you and like, you know, like can, can be with you and like you can talk to you, but when you're not getting those vital pieces of information, you can't be there close to you. You, you lose sight of where you kind of live in the impact that as a friend you made in your life. So that was like a really selfish like thing where I was like, I really hope I'm important to her. Like I thought I was important to her. I feel like I'm like, hearing things later. I'm like, you know, getting information in like bits and bobs and like other people seem more tuned in or like she's sharing more with them and like, fuck, what do I do? Like, you know, and then my gut reaction in those situations is like, someone's mad at me. I'm going to hide. Like, <laughs> It's never like, let me go up and like say what's up. It's more just like, you take your space and we'll talk about this when you're feeling good about me again. And like, it's a lot of those, like those moments where I had, it was like a raging inner dialogue where I was talking to imaginary row in my head and not the actual row, which I regret not doing like, and just like reaching out and being like, bitch, talk to me. Or like, <laughs> just stop telling me you're good and tell me what's going on. Like the hierarchy for the information component was hard because respectively enough like my sister was trying to make sure that I didn't get bombarded with messages and then I would go off and message every single person individually so everybody was really confused like oh we shouldn't message her but like she's messaging us so like should we answer um which was an interesting thing but I think at that at, at the beginning stages of it I mean you've always sat very very high in the hierarchy so for me I was giving information and engaging with the people that were coming to me because I had such little energy to reach out. And like my form of reaching out was, and the energy went to like creating this podcast to create like one funnel of that information for everybody. Um, so I was giving the information to anybody who was messaging me and like being present or calling me like every single day or every other day or um, asking the questions rather than me like reaching out to to say what was going on but you've always sat really high in the hierarchy there's no doubt of that um but I think it's this is gonna sound harsh but it's your job to check in with me not mine to keep you updated I think that that's the harsh reality just because the more you reach out to me the more I'm gonna be open to you about it and feel more comfortable to talk to you about it outside of like the pot you know give you a, a specials outside of the podcast <laughs> um but yeah, I think that that's the, the main thing. Is there anything else you want to share? I think 
yeah, I, I think I'm just at this point now where like, you know, like I, I want to ask you all the medical grade questions like about prognosis and met and spreading and blah, blah. I just don't know if those are always the most productive conversations to have because I don't, I mean, I could Google that. I could ask don't a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> but I think what I like, what I really want to know now is like, you know, in this new stage of your life, um, the I just need to know what's important to you. Like, what are the things you still care about where it's like the superficial stuff or the, the non-superficial stuff? Like, do you, do you miss your hair? Like, you know what I mean? I want to know what you still care about and like what, what have been like the hardest moments for you because that's where I can kind of connect to you and empathize. I'm like a, a major empath and like, that's what I can always give back to you. And I'm just so curious to know, like also like, what do you love the most now these days? I feel like, you point something, you point out something good, like the prognosis stuff. There's no prognosis because it's a really like, it's a hard question. Um, I haven't had a doctor with the balls to tell me a number of years and I don't want to hear them. Um, but I'm going to do a quick FAQ mm -hmm. for you. So it's an FAQ for everybody <laughs> where I'm at right now. Um, I have finished radiation, which is standard treatment for, I think, any sort of, uh, brain cancer. My tumor is of the brain, which means it can't live anywhere else other than in my, in my brain or my spine, but it, that's very, very, very rare. Um, it's, it can't metastasize. It's not all of a sudden going to show up in my boob. I had all those tests done when I was at the hospital and the rest of my body is like in great shape, hence my strength to be able to do this. Um, and then radiation. I went through 30 sessions of radiation with, um, Demodar, which is the main, um, chemo that you take for, for brain cancer. And those, uh, 30 rounds of radiation so far is in, in, in the terms of like how I'm feeling. We don't have MRIs yet, but they've gone really well. Usually people during radiation have to take steroids because their brains swell up so hard. So like, you have to take steroids so you, so you don't have headaches. I barely had a single headache throughout my whole radiation period, which means it's really good signs. I have the hope that even if I get to a point where there's a regrowth and the treatment doesn't work, I will, you know, go above and beyond looking for medical trials that might be able to like speak to it or something like that. Um, I think so that's the FAQ. And then uh, probability of it regrowing post-treatment. So the thing about brain cancer is that there's no um, cure, right? We know that everything is kind of like putting a stop sign in front of the cells, um, if there's any left, which there probably is, or hopefully they're fried <laughs> with radiation. That's what I manifest every single day. <laughs> but um, the, the, the chances of it regrowing post this year ending is 50-50. So it really like we're the one thing about this is that we all, including myself, have to let go of long-term answers. Like what matters to me right now, as you were asking, going back to that main question, we finished with the FAQ, thank you. Um going back to the main question, it's like what matters to me right now is the now. I don't want to talk about like this year is so important for me because if this year I feel if this year I go MRI clean, I feel like that's already like a huge milestone done. But within this year, 
I also have like, I feel like experiences are very important to me. So like spending time that you come to see me is very important to me. That you call me is very important to me. That you text me a stupid meme is very important to me. That you, th- that, that you show me that you're thinking of me. Is that sounds so selfish, <laughs> but I, those those little things are really important to me. I don't give a shit about the looks, as you can tell. I'm like, you know, I take my headscarf at the minute I can because it suffocates me. Um, I'm trying to create the most transparent experience of how I'm going through this, so that there's other people seeing it. But I I care about like my love language is quality time, so that's what I care about and if it means being on the phone and not speaking or one ranting about one thing and the other one's barely listening like that's good enough for me but at the same time you need to let go of the feeling that you have to be able to do something for me because you you're the type of person who will look anywhere until you find a cure and you're not gonna find it (laughs) you're you know what I mean so I think like you have to let go of that so that you can enjoy being with me in in the now which is what is important to me so let go of the future to think of now and let go of the possibility of death i'm gonna die <laughs> i will die if i walk right now outside the street and i get run over you know what i mean like yeah maybe i won't get to live like at 60 or maybe i will like we really just have no idea so i think benefit of the doubt can be spin of its head in its head right now and like it's a positive um and it's, we don't need to know all the information. Too much information is bad. And I guess I like this is something I think about the most. Probably how I, I guess my question to you is like, how do you function on like a day to day basis? Because like when I go through periods of like just too many things going through my head in one go, I, I can't move, I can't eat, I can't think. I, I mean, I keep thinking in my head. I was like, how is Roe even like like processing the questions that you must have and like the the you know the philosophical pondering or like my place in the world or like what is life about like what the fuck is what is this like you know a little blip of an existence on earth and like the one thing I'm sure you're having is nightmares and I just I guess I'd want to hear about like what you're feeling what you're feeling I know you're having nightmares so I'm like I just want to know in like a, the most candid way you could tell me like what the f- how are you doing this really <laughs> like <laughs> i the answer is i have no idea i i think like well the podcast has been so therapeutic for me and you know i'm a very rational person um i one is once again it's very much about the night the now so like although there is a lot going on and there is a lot of thoughts coming through i wake up there's no there's no um, room in my life for me to not do something now every single day. Like if there's something that I have right now is life and you do too. And like, there's all these other things around you. And I think for me, I've just put things in a hierarchy of how much do they matter. So life is at one, I'm alive. So I need to milk that as much as I can. Number two is health. So, you know, a good brain, like a healthy brain and a healthy mind is a healthy body. And a healthy body is a healthy brain. So I wake up, I shower, I I literally try to do as much of a normal thing as I can. If I don't spin for 30 minutes, I try to get 10,000 steps done. 
or 15,000 steps done, although my parents get angry at me because I shouldn't be walking this much, but I should be, but whatever. Um, so I think I'm I, I, going back to the hierarchy of things. So there's yeah health, there's life, there's health, then there's relationships. I had a really fucked up hierarchy pre this where work made such a huge place in my hierarchy and work is at the bottom of my hierarchy. There's relationships, there's allo. <laughs> relationships meaning family, friends, everybody is in the same bucket. Um, and then there's allo. And then there's the passenger, like the, the random feelings that do come in and out about like, fuck, I have cancer. But at the same time, it's so, I'm going to rephrase that. I don't like to say I have cancer because the tumor was removed. And in my head, if I say I have cancer, I'm bringing it back. <laughs> so I don't have cancer, <laughs> which is also maybe, it sounds like a denial thing, but I don't like to say I have cancer. I like to say I am going through treatment for cancer. Um, and those days are only five days a month that I have to take chemo and like are a reminder of that. But for the rest, I try to, you know, do enjoy the every single day as much as I can because I'm here. And if that means like three FaceTime calls with three friends who are abroad and a lunch with my dad in a plaza in Madrid and a walk with Alo and my mom, that's already a lot more than I probably would have done on a work day in New York, value-wise right now. And then I guess I wonder like so often, like when you look at your friends' lives, like um, the things that we're chasing and the things that are so important to us, do you ever just look at us and we're like, that ain't right, you know, like... Like, do you ever look at the way we're living our lives and see, like, something missing or, like, that we're forgetting the big picture from your experience? Because I think that is also, like, a big part of what's leading to so much survivor's guilt is, like, you've kind of rejigged your hierarchy and we're all kind of grappling with the fact that our hierarchy is pretty messed up and, like, we haven't, like, really, like, figured out the, like, figured out the right way to live considering that life is a gift um and that's like something that you've been newly made aware of <laughs> or we always knew we just forget you know do you ever look at us or any of us and think like god damn it guys like enough stop stressing about this work thing or like that dude's not important or like eat that hamburger or like you're being dumb like you know do you ever look at us with like not resent but just like come on like you know because I think that's something that we're conscious of and it's okay if you feel that way but we're we're definitely telling us that's that's probably what you're thinking but I'm wondering do you really feel that way not at all <laughs> I literally like <laughs> zero um no not at all like I feel if anything I I'm not even like because I guess what people think one is going through it's like uh, like, you know, you're getting a new job and you're moving with your lives. And like Kendall was talking about fucking, sorry, Sam, if you're listening to this, but she was talking about kids and like marriage. And I was like, I'm just trying to survive. <laughs> but like, I don't, I don't even feel like I'm missing out. I, the only way I feel that is if I think about my life pre this. So it has nothing to do with anybody. It has, it's only when I think about if I see a movie and I see New York and fucking typical movies of girls in New York, I'm like, that was my life. Um, so 
I zero. <laughs> I don't think about like I don't judge anybody's life based on what my I'm experiencing right now because nobody could put themselves in my shoes to this certain extent. You know what I mean? Like I I'm nobody to judge. I feel like I were I was quite judgmental before. I don't I think that that layer of it is removed once again hierarchy all that energy is focused on healing me. So I can't like I don't no. I want to say like the the answer is no and then a secondary answer to that is um life is not a gift because we have life. Health is a gift. So I think that that is the one thing that I'm like you know Everybody goes, you know, through circles about thinking of things or like making decisions. I'm like, now I'm like, I feel like I have good advice for people because I'm sitting in a really interesting philosophical headspace. <laughs> um, so I've, you know, I don't have a specific example with you, but like, if there's somebody that I know that has been wanting to do something for a long time and they're not doing it, I'm like, Fucking get your shit together and do it. You know what I mean? Like, what's stopping you? You know? So I think that that's my only mindset, but I don't think I'm out here. I'm not, I'm not selfishly, I'm just not thinking about anybody else's life other than mine. <laughs> um, and I, I want to be of, as helpful as I can to other people's lives right now. Either people going through my, um, situation, loved ones, somebody going through the situation or my friends and family just because I feel like I am I'm in a good headspace weirdly enough <laughs> like that sounds like crazy but I am in a good headspace to talk about things um what I don't like to talk about is like overly medical stuff so like I have no room for and Lena will hear this but like she's asked me like have you th thought about um, what's the name? Alternative treatments. Clinical trials. No, 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 not clinical trials are like, but taking shrooms to like, and I'm like, or keto diet. I'm like, I have zero capacity to have those conversations because for me, my focus is and my trust is in the hospital I have, and like, that's those are the conversations I will have with them, and I just don't believe anything outside of the medical right now. Um. And I forget where I was going with this, but I think that those are the only conversations that I don't like to have or there's no room for me to have. Okay. And then I guess what I would like to know as a closing thought is like, you know, you we're sitting here now and we're having this conversation, but like the, you know, there's a whole, I have my narrative of like what I thought I was providing to you in the last six months or so. Um, I kind of just wanted to know like your thoughts of what kind of friend you thought I was being to you during this time. And like, I guess what you, to play, we're not really strangers, like what kind of friend, like what was the characteristic or like the thing that I provided to you the most during this time that you thought was helpful as a friend? That's a hard question and I don't want you to get upset, but if I was to give a word, and I've said it a few times, to like our relationship the last few months was distance, physical and emotional. Um, I think your avoidance got the worst of you and I could have reached out, but I feel like 
I had no energy to to because for me it was like very much like it is also my way of thinking, which is not necessarily right, but it was very much like if somebody wants, they will or they do, you know. Um, so I think that that's what, and then the positive is sorry to start with the negative, but at least we can get it out of the way. Um, the positive is humor. I feel like we've been able to, although like, I feel like it's humor is a really good therapeutical thing to, you know, we've laughed about this tumor in so many things, so many ways, and we've put it, given it so many names and we've, you know, fucked around the bald head, like in so many ways. So I think your dark <laughs> sense of humor when it comes to this has been really helpful because I have a really dark, like people get so angry when I make the jokes. <laughs> like if I, if I can make the jokes, you can make the jokes. You know what I mean? Actually, no, I'm the only one allowed to make jokes. <laughs> but um, yeah, I would say the humor component and the lightheartedness, as you're saying, like not having to talk about cancer all the time and diverting the conversation away from that. Um, and yeah, I think that that would be my, my closing answer. And then last question, is that what I should keep doing? Going back to, I feel like, um, going back to James's episode of grief, I don't think I can tell you what you can keep doing, but I think you can offer things to do and I can tell you what feels right. Um, keep doing the humor component. I think what you can do more of is reaching out more and being more present and sharing more about your life um, and allowing me to be there as I would have been if we were sitting in my bed in New York. You know, I actually had the tumor when I was there. So <laughs> I'm still the same person, just a little bit more emotionally connected with myself. Um, so I think that that's the main thing. Like long-term wise is just ask, like asking me if, does this feel right? And I will give you, you know, I'm so honest. I will give you the honest answer. No, yes, we can do more of this. That sounds like sex, but... <laughs> Thank you to all my friends who came from all over the world to share my amazing birthday with me and took the time to sit down and chat about our experiences together. As you may have seen on Spotify, you can now rate podcasts on Spotify. So please head to the podcast page and hit that star button and give it a rating. As well as if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate it if you were to Write a review.